Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday. It's just after the one o'clock hour here on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Happy in between week. I'm Bradley Trainer. Colleen will be back next week. Holly is here. Brian is here. And you are here as well. Thanks for showing up. If you want to join the conversation at any point, 651-641-1071. Holly has a question for you, girl. What's that question? The question today is, what do you love about winter? Oh, so much. 651-641-1071. I want to bring a positive spin to the season because oh, so nice of you. The temperature right now is four degrees. We have arrived at total winter. And I usually don't like winter at all. And I'm counting down the days until I can wear open toed shoes comfortably again. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> but one <laughs> thanks. But one thing that has happened to me during this time of global pandemic is I have embraced the winter outdoors oh. mostly because I've had no choice. But as long as you slap on an extra pair of long johns, put on some wool socks and two hats, you too can waddle outside in sub-zero weather. 651-641-1071. Thanks for that question, Holly. What do you love about winter? And uh, most winters, I'm like hard-pressed to come up with something. But I understand and appreciate, you know, your Minnesota uh, just embracing of winter and keyword bracing Mm -hmm. let's go to the phones carol is on the line and has been patiently waiting carol what do you love about winter oh you guys i'm out here right now but i love sunsets oh sunsets are awesome i agree there's something beautiful uh, and especially with the way the air is and like the sun is in the sky you're absolutely right sometimes we can get some pretty darn colorful and beautiful sunsets oh yeah gorgeous all right. Well, thanks for that, yeah. Carol. Thank you, Carol. Yeah, love you guys. Love Bye. you, too. Let's go to Sue. Sue's on the line, and she's got some thoughts. Holly, you want to chat with Sue about her winter wonderland? Yes, of course. Sue, what do you love about winter, girl? Well, I have a horse and a sleigh, so I like to go out and make my bells ring. You have a sleigh and a horse? That is pretty awesome. Or you must be not yeah, in the it's, metro. It's fun. It's really magical. I would imagine it is. Like, how often do you do this? Well, you have to have the right weather conditions and right footing for the horses. Uh, on a good year, I'll get out maybe 20 times, and then there's some years I don't really get out at all. And, like, how long can you, st- like, like how, what's what's the average tour in a sleigh? Well, it's not like snowmobiling where we're going out for eight hours and putting on 50 miles. Three hours would probably be a lot if the weather conditions were perfect and the sleigh conditions were perfect. 
we actually drive to bars and go to lunch and stuff just like the snowmobilers do. Again, I mean, I'm not going to be out in the sub-zero stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I put little blankets on the horses so they stay toasty warm. I was going to say, do you have to put, like, I have to put little booties on my dog. I mean, they have hooves, but, like, do you have to put something special on their on their um, tootsies? Most horses, no, but I do have one that log pulls in the winter, and she has to have special pads on. Otherwise, the snow balls up underneath her feet. Oh, my God, that's so delightful. Thank you, Sue, for sharing all the uh, fabulous information about being in a sleigh on a, with the horse this time of year. It sounds fabulous. It does sure, sound and fabulous. If you want to go for a magical ride, get a hold of me. Okay. All right. Can can the world get a hold of you? Like, do you do this? No, you just do this for friends and family. I just do it for fun. Okay. All right. <laughs> wink, wink. Sleigh rallies. Thank you, Sue. Thanks, Sue. I didn't right. know if, like... Thanks, Sue. I didn't know if Sue had like a business. I just oh, wanted yeah, her to give it yeah, out if yeah, she did. But yeah, she yeah. was just being nice. Yeah, very much so. What do you love about winter, Holly? We've got uh, Bailey on the line. Let's go to Bailey and find out what Bailey wants to do for winter fun. Yeah. Hey, Bailey. What do you love about winter? So mine has nothing to do with the weather because I truly hate the weather. But winter is the high school speech tournament season. And I love going to speech tournaments. Nice. Now, are you a teacher or is this just something that you like to encourage in your community? Uh, Why do you love going to these events? I'm a a coach for a speech team and I'm a judge and I used to compete in high school. And it's like all I ever think about with winter is speech tournaments and it's very comforting. So, um, Bailey, I I used to do speech tournaments in uh, high school as well. Uh, Do what kind of... um, I'm trying to think of like back in the day we used to do things. There was poetry and prose and like, you know, some acting stuff as well. What's like the hot category or competition for kids these days? Oh, I would say the hot category is always like duo interpretation, but then also original oratory and like picking a really hot button topic that's like really big in the world today on a social issue. And then talking about that is really popular. Oh, that just brings back such good memories. Bailey, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. you. Let's go to Laura. Laura is on the line. Laura, what do you love doing for fun this holiday season? I love watching all the big snowfalls and getting out of school early. All right. Two hour early release. Are you a teacher? I'm a school counselor. Uh, so it's nice, like, when you can anticipate perhaps having a little more extra leisure time in the winter. Exactly. And my coworkers and I just love watching that snow piling up and waiting for that phone call to say, <laughs> go home. Woohoo! Go home! Oh. oh, thank you so much for your call. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, guys. That's like a, you know, there. it's a hard job. It's oh. a hard job. So the fact that you get the occasional uh, leave early ability, that's got to be a nice thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially yes. this time of year. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's let Mary have the last word. Mary, Holly wants to know what fun you're having this winter. I am having not being in the snow. It okay. is 75. Rude. Uh, you're <laughs> totally rude. Mary, why did you have to make us all feel bad? I love you guys, and I listen to you all the time, and I torment my daughter that is still up in Minnesota, and I'm like, temp, what, minus four? Yeah. So, no, 
I love winter because I do <laughs> not, not have bear. to deal with it. Yeah, Mary, thank you. Hang <laughs> up on Mary, Mary, please, and thank you. Bye, have girl. A wonderful, have we a love wonder, you. Have a wonderful day, Mary. Enjoy your 75 Mary degrees. does what my mother does, and my mother will call me or text me most often and say, Oh, God, how are you holding up up there? It's really cold down here. And I'm like, no, it's not. What is it? And she's like, it's 75 today. No, Mom. No, Mom. Tragic. No, <laughs> Mom. So rude. Um, Holly, what is your... Oh, you said walking. Walking is your yeah. favorite winter activity. Brian, what's your favorite thing to do in the winter? Probably play some pond hockey or ski. Oh, so, all right. right. Isn't there like a big hockey thing happening? Oh, yeah, in the next uh, month or two. Yeah, yeah, there's a big pond hockey tournament. Yeah, that's what I thought, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, my favorite thing, thanks for asking. Bradley, what's your favorite thing about winter? I know you love it so much. You know, um, I don't have anything witty to say because I could just say going to see my mom in Florida. Oh, you but, too. You too. But honestly, I do love, I know, right? <laughs> but I do love snuggling on the couch with my dog. Aww. That to me is like the best winter activity. Blankets, a dog, that's all you need. All right, when we come back, thank you, Holly, for that question. Rebel Wilson has a new theme for the year. You know, she had the theme of health for one year, and then she had, I think, the theme of health for another year. And I think, like, last year was the theme of health. Yeah, she kind of had a hat trick going on with themes. Well, you'll be delighted to know it's not the theme of health for 2022. It's something totally different, and I'm not quite sure why. We'll explain and discuss when we return right here on My Talk 1071. It's like really important to have a theme for the year because it sets your intentions and it allows you to really focus your energies in all the right places. And that's what we're going to do right now on the Colleen and Bradley show. Pick your theme. No. Look, you guys, by the way, I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. Brian here for the ride, uh, helping us stay on the road of pop culture as we tell you about Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson has picked a new theme for 2022. And you might say, well, I don't, what? What? Actress Rebel Wilson had the year of health, and uh, now she's made a statement about uh, where she's headed in 2022. Oh, boy, can't wait. And I kind of wanted to share it with you because it kind of made my eyes roll off my head well, onto oh. the floor. Yeah, want to dust those off and disinfect. But what did Rebel? what is Rebel Wilson's theme for 2022? Because like well, you said, year of health for the past... Three years. She's kind of worn that one out. Oh, God. She never. <laughs> also, just to be clear, um, I'm also going to give you uh, an update on her uh, love life. But perfect. Before I get to that, she posted two days ago on Insties. And I just, I, I you know, whatever. I love it. Uh, it is like a big, long diary of the mouth run on sentence about all the great things that she did in 2020. One and you know, good for her. It was amazing. She had lots. (laughs) She had lots of projects. She did a lot of things. Very successful this year, and I'm great job. Great job. Good job, honey. We're proud of you. So she, uh, she, she rounds it out by saying, like, um, she's working on a project for the next year, co-directing her first movie that she wrote called Girl Group. She's writing it, producing it, and quote, we're currently getting a world class team together. For that baby with Lionsgate. It's massive. It's musical. And hopefully it'll f- fit that pitch perfect space. Which, by the way, I'm all here for that. So I'm here for the movie. She's telling us about all the things she did. All the things she's about to do. And she says the following. Speaking of love. Thank you, everyone, for being on this epic year with me. I love you guys. You know how I've been theming my years for the past few years? 
Well, this year. Oh, wait, no, this she's saying this was this year. What? I thought she was saying it's next year. We I don't. What? Wait a second. I, I don't. I am confused. What's happening? Well, here? this year was the year of the rainbow. After the storm comes the rainbow. I'm confused. How is that this last year? Was the rainbow? Did she let us know that this year was the year maybe of the she rainbow? Doesn't, maybe she doesn't tell us the year until after the year. Oh, oh. but like, she told us the year of health was during the year of the health. Yeah, but also <laughs> here's all. Here's the reason I had a beef with this. What the heck is the year of the rainbow? How right? is that a year, Bradley? That's not a theme. She tells rainbow? you right here at the end. Well, this year was the year of the rainbow. After the storm, always comes the rainbow. So she's just saying, like, pretty colors. My year was full of pretty colors, pretty things. Well, I'm confused. That her her year before, so that would have been the year 2020, if we're doing Rebel it was Wilson storm math. storm of health? It was a storm of health, a storm <laughs> okay. of tumultuous publationships. No, but that was this year. No, but Jacob P. Bush was like, oh my last God, that year. was like last year. Was that a storm? No. There was no storm. That's why I'm confused. Rebel Wilson, your narrative is confusing, and I don't understand. And I feel like Rebel Wilson needs to have the year of PR. Uh, And by that, I mean she needs to hire a better PR team. Because it has been the most confusing year when it comes to the publicity around Rebel Wilson. And we know this because we cover her a lot on the show. Because she's kind of a perfect example of... A celebrity using PR in a very sort of, um, like, she hits you over the head with it. It's kind of obvious. Yes, it's right? very forced. It's not very subtle, right? Well, even in this uh, year-end recap for Rebel, Rebel Wilson, she uses the opportunity to tag all of the people that she's done SpawnCon for. I saw some great campaigns for Ollie Wellness, Afterpay USA, Tourism Fiji, and I'm a proud ambassador for the L.A. Rams, whom I hope to get to the Super Bowl this season. So she's putting in the spawn con situation. It's very right much there. like a Christmas, uh, you know, the um, the year end Christmas card you get from Bev, Aunt Bev. Oh, yeah. And you always like, wait for Aunt this Bev. This year, Tina graduated uh, dog grooming school and uh, Charles went to uh, Virginia to um, tour the historic landmarks of the Civil War. And Bob and I were able to get out to Chesapeake Bay and had a really nice crab dinner. Jeez. That's, <laughs> That's kind of what it, it's kind of like what this post reads like. Uh Bradley, I want you to look closely at the comments section of Rebel Wilson's latest Instagram post. What do you see down at the when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Bottom, where you would be able to put in a comment to Rebel Wilson. Uh, all of the, are you talking about like all, oh, 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 wait. Oh. A bunch of blue checks got to comment, but at the bottom it says comments on this post have been limited. Oh. That means, Bradley, that means we can't comment on this. When you try to click on the comment section for Rebel Wilson and you want to be like, yes, it's the year of the rainbow. You did such a good job. She don't want to hear from us. Yeah, she doesn't want to hear from her fans. She doesn't want to hear from (laughs) her. The year of the rainbow means the year of talk to the hand. Because my comments ain't listening. Mm-hmm. I, this is so. I, I just am endlessly fascinated by the trajectory of her career, um, and I think she does provide a great example of all of the things we talk about on this show. Which is, you know, last year she did have that relationship. Not last year; it was twenty twenty that she had that momentary publicationship with J- Jacob P. Bush, one of the descendants of the Anheuser Bush. Uh, Scion or whoever was you know the head of that big family. He was a rich guy who was trying to make ice cream, and they went around and jetted off to Monaco together. Yeah, and then they kind of like went their separate ways, and it was very low key. She didn't really talk about it, but all of a sudden he just stopped being in all of her Instagram photos. And um, so she said that that, and then like she's got this whole narrative about how she like completely transformed her body and how she wants to take on more serious roles now that she is not the person she used to be, which is, it, it's just endlessly fascinating. Yes. Regardless, she also apparently is now dating another guy. And I don't know if we're calling this a publationship yet, or at least what role these two having a relationship will have on her career. Meaning there's a story in page six that says Rebel Wilson is reportedly dating tennis player Matt Reed. And they've been seen together, spotted on uh, lunch dates together. Apparently, he was her guest for the Australian Academy of Cinema and Television Arts. I guess this is a burgeoning or blossoming publicationship, because if you think about it, he's a public person in Australia. She's an Australian actress. Maybe this is like her next publicationship. Um, I have no idea, because I don't know what a Matt Reed is. Like if he's somebody who likes to be in the limelight or is trying to make a name for himself beyond sure. his his career, I will say he's 30, 31. Okay. And All right. And we don't. He's not 30, 31. Well, we don't really know Rebel Wilson's real age because remember she be liked careful, to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, you. you know, that's. She's 41, allegedly, supposedly. Bringing up that point, Bradley, that Rebel Wilson really likes to control her narrative. Now, no. I suppose no beef with that in as much as, yeah, we all want to have some sort of control over how we're perceived by other people. But Rebel Wilson won't let me comment on her Instagram story to cheer her on for the year of the rainbow. I even went and followed her on Instagram to be like, oh, maybe she just lets followers comment. No, I'm shut out. Rude. That is rude. I see what you're doing. It makes me want to go through the comments to see if people started to get negative or something. And so she was like, I have to shut these down. Because I can comment on another one. You think I should lay a comment on? Why can't I comment on your You're the Rainbow? See what happens. Okay. When we come back, thank you uh, for being you. When we come back from (laughs) Rebel Wilson to celebrities behaving badly, we call them teabags. Celebrities, thank you so much for behaving like D-bags because... 
we have a whole segment every day on our show thanks to you so really i'm this is a gratitude moment for all the celebrities behaving badly let's share some more d-bags shall we holly yes presenting lord and lady douchebag of the day in that spirit of gratitude bradley Mm. who are you sharing with the world as your D-bag of the day. Well, it's it's a celebrity that you probably wouldn't expect to show up on the D-bag segment here on the Colleen and Bradley show. Alexa. Sorry if I just set off your device. Alexa who? Alexa. Oh. Alexa your, who? Alexa, your Amazon device. Oh! What's that <laughs> nasty troll up to? <laughs> I think Alexa's a nasty troll. No. Also, how many times are we saying it that literally everybody's devices are like, yes, I can't understand you. What do you want? Sorry if your device explodes in the corner. I will see saying her name, but uh, the lady, uh, well, I don't even want to say the lady, the device that shall not be named, Mm -hmm. is my D-bag today for this story. Did you see this? Uh, That lady tells a 10-year-old girl to touch a live plug with a penny. Oh no, that's oh my so God. see, okay, so I Touch was the penny <laughs> to the plug. Stick it in the outlet, kid. I was warranted by calling her a nasty yes! troll because she totally nasty trolled this child. She tried to electrocute a ten year old girl. Oh. So apparently this is horrifying <laughs> no, to me. I so somebody named Get Kristen <laughs> Hurry up, stick it in there before your parents come in. Um, so uh, the Sorry. girls, I <laughs> know, look, you know, uh, it's okay to laugh. It's how I deal. Yeah. Laugh in the face of death. Ha ha. Uh-huh. Kristen uh, Livedahl is the girl's mother. And this was described in an, uh, uh, on Twitter. She said, we're doing some physical challenges. Uh, we were doing some physical challenges, uh, uh, presumably her and her daughter, like laying down, rolling over, holding a shoe on your foot from a physical education teacher. On YouTube earlier. Okay, so they were doing some fun exercises. I guess there was bad weather outside, um, and she wanted another one. So she asked... <laughs> Sorry, I'm still thinking of... <laughs> Get a little closer, kid. <laughs> she asked the device to give her some suggestions for challenges to do, and the device responded with, Hey, have you, <laughs> have you ever heard of the... Penny challenge, which has apparently been circulating on TikTok and other social media sites. For no, like this a year. is a whole challenge where you stick things in electric oh, sockets. As you know, metals conduct electricity, and inserting them into a live electrical socket can cause electric shock, fire, and other damage. Humanity uh, doesn't even deserve to be on the planet anymore. The penny challenge. Um, apparently a bunch of people have been, you know, speaking out against this challenge, which is obvious. Like, this is not a challenge. Don't do this. This is like somebody trying to harm people. So then, uh, the, it was a mom, right? Uh, Ms. Yeah. The girl's mother, Kristen. So Kristen then says, um, she was yelling at Alexa. No, because Alexa's like, Hey, have you done the penny challenge? Stick your, (laughs) take that penny, stick it in the plug. Come on. (laughs) She was yelling. No, Alexa. No. The good news is her daughter uh, apparently was, quote, too smart to do something like that. Okay, so that happens. You can imagine how terrified you'd be because you just you hear the device tell your kid to stick a penny in a live socket. If, no! One of the first things I feel like parents tell their kids at any moment in time is don't put your 
fingers in the sockets. Yeah, like don't do that. Like don't do that. Um, Amazon, for its part, told the BBC in a statement that it had updated Alexa to prevent the assistant from recommending such activity in the future. Thanks. Customer trust is at the center of everything we do, and that lady is designed to provide accurate, relevant, and helpful information to customers. As soon as we became aware of this error, we took swift action to fix it. You might want to just do a quick check to make sure she's not giving other crap advice. Like, hey, I found something on the web that says, start a fire in your bedroom. It'll really get your parents' attention. Why no! Drop this toaster in the hot tub in the backyard. <laughs> oh, God, what was that movie? I feel like there were many movies in the 80s where people were <laughs> dropping toasters in bathtubs. No, you're not thinking of She-Devil. No, because she just puts the things in the microwave and blows up the house. Oh, God. Oh. Which also they did. Didn't they do that in Gremlins? Or they put the gremlin in the microwave? Yeah, gremlin does go in the microwave. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And one in a blender. Yeah. Oh, okay, it got dark fast. Okay, so anyway... I, I, you know, I love it how Amazon is like, as, as soon as we heard about this, I'm like, could you, that, could you just make sure that can't happen? Can you just have like a safety thing that's like, don't give advice to put anything in a plug, period? And this has been around, Bradley. For over a year. For over a year, because I'm looking at this article from the Boston Globe that was dated pre-pandemic in January of oh, 2020, no. where a fire marshal in Massachusetts was warning about a viral video challenge where teenagers could damage electrical systems or spark a fire. And so this this whole challenge, we're totally late to the game, and we probably sound like we're five million years old because we can't believe that this is a thing, and it probably has already been past being a thing. Yeah. Don't stick, And it's now becoming a thing again. Don't <clears throat> stick things where they're not supposed to go. I mean, you know, from being a child and sticking pennies in a plug to being an adult and sticking things where they don't belong. Yeah, this, this reminds is a message me, that applies to so many. Yeah, this reminds me of like uh, the challenge a while ago where people were eating Tide Pods. Oh, like, oh why? Brian, why do you have to remind us of the Tide Pods? I know, Pod that's what to be like, you can eat pot- Tide Pods? No! No, you can't. Don't. No. <laughs> don't try either. Please. Don't stick anything anywhere and don't eat things you're not supposed to. Okay, sorry. Who's your D bag, Holly? David Foster. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought this story. This is trash please <laughs> please share ah uh, david foster music producer songwriter former reality star is my d-bag of the day because of a comment that he left on a photo posted on instagram by his wife Catherine mcphee now this photograph is of Catherine mcphee sitting on some astroturf somewhere where it's warm wearing a bikini looking pensively at her thigh now, <laughs> that is what the photograph is. She's just doing what people do, posting a little thirst trap. No yeah. harm, no foul on Catherine McPhee. David Foster, her husband, decides to caption the photograph. He decides to caption this photo, What baby? Referencing, of course, the fact that Catherine McPhee gave birth to a child less than a year ago and she has toned abs. Yeah, so essentially implying like, you know, you could never tell she had a baby. As if having a baby is a thing that it comes off as ne- like like she's doing something 
to overcome something that happened negatively to her. Exactly. Like what, baby? You can't even tell she had a baby. What? Was there a problem if you could? Yeah. Was there a problem if you could tell she had a baby? I mean, it's it's how humanity, humanity perpetuates itself. Guess what? People give birth, and guess what? People's bodies change after they give birth. And David Foster's comment on this Instagram photo is implying that, oh, look, what? But you can't even tell that she had a baby. Also, I have a, I have a, the thing that really bugged me in this scenario. Yeah. You know what it is? Uh, is it the fact that he's like 72 years old and well, she's 35? Let's creepy, not, but, let, let us not like comment yeah. on other people's bodies. I, mean, I think okay? that explains why he's like obsessed with her body. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were 70 something and your person looked, you know, like that, I think you might be obsessed with that too. Yeah. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that's the way it is. Why am I, I talking on the side of my mind? I don't know. I just want to ask David Foster, why don't you sit in the bikini and take a photo and post it on <laughs> what, Instagram? Baby? What, baby? <laughs> no, but, uh, but the thing that bugged me, why isn't there a question mark? He uses an exclamation point. So when I read the caption at first, <laughs> I was like, I don't get it. What baby? So he's saying, what baby? Instead of, what, what baby? baby? Right? So like... I'm sorry, I had a punctuation issue with David Foster. I love it. It's petty. <laughs> now, I also want to bring... Petty punctuation. I want to bring to the table something else uh, concerning David Foster's comment on Instagram about his wife, Catherine McPhee. Brian, can you roll the beautiful bean footage of blind item? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Here we go. Blinded by the item. Because there's a blind oh, okay. item. I know. Where are we in time and space? Seems like a different segment, but, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, Tell there's a celebrity gossip mystery, I think, that goes along with this story. Why don't you guys try to solve this? Anti-lawyer's not sure why anyone is shocked that this A-plus list writer-producer bleep is a misogynist. Everyone around him, including his wife, knows this. And his wife also knows if she hadn't lost her baby weight, she would now be single. Really? So that's David Foster. Ding. And uh, Catherine McPhee. Thank you. Oh. Uh. So she's like, yay, I passed the test. Uh huh. Yeah. Also, look, I don't, you know, like if you're getting horny for your spouse, great. But public displays of getting horny over your spouse are kind of weird to me. Yeah. Is that a me problem? Uh, no. Like, should I feel like that makes me a prude? No, performative horniness. Yes, performy. Performy. <laughs> if you're getting performy. <laughs> By a brief. If you're getting performy. <laughs> all right. If you're doing that on social media and you're doing that with your spouse, there is a certain aspect of exhibitionism where it's yeah. like, well, it, 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 be perform for horny. Behind the scenes. Yeah, it's like, like when a, you go to a friend, like, I don't know, a couple's friend's house, and, like, he slaps her on the behind. He's like, oh, yeah, I get to go to bed with that every night. Ew, You're like, oh. Uh, oh. Yeah, there's something that seems a little desperate about when couples do this online, and they're being performatively horny with each other. Yeah. I give you exhibit A, Mark Consuelos and Kelly Ripa. They're constantly performy. They're constantly performy. And... If you're constantly performing, what does <laughs> it's that... It's hard to say, right? It, it, it really, <laughs> performing It really is. Then one has to wonder, what happens if you cannot be performatively horny with your significant other? Does the horniness actually happen? Or does it only exist for the performance? Yeah, that's the question, I think. Mm-hmm. So, poo-poo for making me, you know, uh, think about 
your horniness and whether it's genuine. Cause I just don't want to have that thought. Like I'd rather have thoughts like, wow, I wonder if bacon would be better on, uh, this cheese sandwich I have in front of me. I just would rather spend my time thinking about other things ponderingly mm-hmm. instead of like, I wonder if their horniness is just for, you know, public. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Uh, purposes. Yeah, and it's a little reaching, David Foster, to put these kind of comments out there. Also, yeah, agree with NT Lawyer. That comment pretty misogynistic and if everyone around you knows that you yeah yeah yuck okay great okay that's great yeah hey oh my god okay so i'm glad we're done with that because here's the thing you guys if you're just joining us here on the colleen and bradley show after we uh return holly uh watched some stuff and she's going to share with us what she watched. And I'm very excited to learn about one of the documentaries. I think you watched a couple documentaries on HBO Max, right? Yes, I did. And one of them is about a phenomenon from the 90s, right? There was the 90s, peak 90s. Mm-hmm. And one is from a story, or I should say a TV show from your childhood, likely. I'm excited to hear both of these stories when we return right here on My Talk 1071. Watching stuff, and she wants to tell us about it. I always love great recommendations for things to watch, and when we do that, and Brian, did I tell you that we're going to do a little uh, here's what we're watching live? No, but I got you right at you. Here you go. You you guys watch that television show together, don't you? Team Cobra presents Here's What We're Watching Live. Thank you. And by the way, welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show. Holly, what are you watching? Oh, thank you for asking, Bradley. Well, last night I watched a couple of documentaries on HBO Max. You are just like Team HBO Max. I really am. Love HBO Max. Well, two documentaries I watched. One I was planning on, and then one I was like, well, thanks, Algorithm, for uh, inspiring me to I watch love that this. Algorithm. Yeah, that Algorithm. He's so great. <laughs> He's got all the moves. Uh, so the first documentary I watched was a documentary about Beanie Babies. Now, Oh, interesting. Okay. What do you remember, Bradley, about Beanie Babies? That the world went nuts for Beanie Babies. And this had to be what, like... Mid to late 90s, like 97-ish, fix-ish? Yeah. For a peak? Yeah. Yeah, so little stuffed animals that everybody's like, oh my God, you have chip monkey uh, boober face? (laughs) Yeah. Like, didn't they have weird names? They had names. They had poetry written on the inside of their tags. People loved Beanie Babies. Well, there's a new documentary on HBO Max that's about the Beanie Baby craze of the 90s. It's called Beanie mania and it truly truly was mania okay so beanie mania it's all about i'm assuming the history and what like did you really learn about how this became the phenomenon it was does it give you that sort of ten thousand feet uh view of the beanie baby craze 
It does in a pretty superficial way. You know, if you're not familiar with the origin story of Beanie Babies, this is a good watch for you, Beanie Mania. It gives you a, a big, broad overview of where the craze started at its peak, how it tapered off at the end. And what's fascinating, I, I will say, so the Beanie Baby craze was essentially started by a group of neighbors in suburban Chicago who just started doing this collecting of Beanie Babies as a side hobby and a somewhat competitive side hobby with themselves and their neighbors. And then it kind of grew from there. They caused a whole secondary market to flourish for these Beanie Babies, and that's where things really kicked off. And I don't know what the heck was going on in the 90s, Bradley. Well, I mean, I, yeah, joined the club. I didn't really. I was there, and I didn't. I mean, but you could vote, it. right? By about 1993. All right, so you could make adult decisions in the 1990s. Yeah. I ask you what was going on in that decade because people were Honestly, going crazy for these things. Okay, here's what I do know. I and I'm going to pretend to know th- some things or like interpret, analyze some things. I wonder if it's because it was like. How can I describe this? Like you could like the whole idea of collecting things at like another level, like had reached a like that was a thing in a way that it wasn't in the 80s. Like people there were weird people who collected odd things. But I feel like the sort of like industrialization of collecting things became a thing in the 90s. And it was like democratized that way with something like a Beanie Baby because everybody could buy Beanie Babies but then, like, I don't know, because I always think of, like, Beanie Babies, and then I think of the Furbies, because that was, like, a weird craze where oh, people started right. collecting those bizarre robot-y stuffed animal things. Anyway, I just wonder if that if that was, like, if the 90s marked a transition in the democratization of collecting things. Yes, well, you're right, Bradley. Good analysis, Thank because... You. It does touch on the fact that Beanie Baby and Beanie Baby Mania collecting the secondary market and Beanie Babies being worth thousands of dollars. Plus you had the internet beginning, right? Exactly. And so people could sort of like connect and trade and communicate things. Yes, yes. And so this core group of women that were from suburban Chicago launched Beanie Baby collecting into this frenzy that we had never even seen before, fueled by the internet, fueled by the media, because the media was always looking for a good story. So it was like, well, why don't we talk to Mary Beth? She's a Beanie Baby expert, and she can tell us all about the Beanie Baby craze. So then it would perpetuate itself. Do you, what, was was the company that made Beanie? Why can't I say that word? It's hard. Beanie Babies, the company, Ty. Ty. So were they responsible in some way for perpetuating this, or were they caught as off guard as sort of the rest of the world was with the Beanie Baby craze? Well, Ty Incorporated, which is the company that made Beanie Babies, they didn't sell to the big box stores. They only distributed Beanie Babies to local retailers, to Mm. the small guys. So it made it kind of hard to get. Also, Beanie Babies, they had a website that people would go to so that Beanie Baby collectors could connect with each other. And this was via the Thai Incorporated website. So they helped 
perpetuate the Beanie Baby uh, craze. But at the same time, they weren't a part of the secondary market. I was going to say, they probably weren't making very much money off of this, other than the products were probably flying off the shelves. Yeah. But the secondary market, you're absolutely right. They wouldn't have made any money on that. Yeah, there were Beanie Baby conventions where people were making their livelihood hustling these Beanie Baby toys. And when you watch it, you do get that 10,000 level foot perspective of, what the heck were we thinking in the 90s where people were going absolutely wild for a platypus stuffed animal. Oh, I remember <laughs> I had friends whose parents collected and had like room, like a room full of Beanie Babies. Yeah. Like just boxes of Beanie Babies. And it's like, what are you going to do with that? And then yeah. I feel like at some point the market dropped. And yes. then people were left with a bunch of these stuffed animals going, what am I, what have I done to my future? Yeah. There is even a woman who wrote a Beanie Baby rap and she tried to hustle no, it to local radio no. stations. Yeah. There's a lot of secondhand embarrassment. I love Beanie Babies and I'm here to say uh-huh. I collect Beanie Babies every day. Basically, Bradley, <laughs> you did the Beanie Baby rap. Now, this documentary, Beanie Mania, mm, that's hard to say. I know. Uh I wish it would have gone deeper into the cultural, subtextual issues on why, how this happened, because it's a very surface level documentary and it's fine. It's only an hour and a half. So if you want to go back to the 90s and you want to get a a primary example of what the heck was going on in that decade, it's very surface level. But Beanie Mania. (laughs) See, it's hard. (laughs) Baby, 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 baby. Did either of you had baby babies? I wasn't even around when it... Okay, so <laughs> you're fired. How old are you, Brian? I'm 24. 24, so that would put you right at the... Well, you would have. You were on planet Earth, perhaps, at the tail end of the... Yeah, I, I hatched in 97. Okay. <laughs> That's so fascinating. Well, why Bradley contemplates uh, his mortality. No, you. I didn't have Beanie Babies, but I remember other families yeah. where people were starting to collect them. It was something that I observed from afar. The only collecting fad that I got into the 90s was Pogs, and even that only lasted for about six months. Yeah, I don't even remember that. I missed most of that. Yeah, Thankfully, I didn't fine. waste my money on it. Now, Holly. Yes. So from Beanie Baby Documentary, you had another suggestion of things to watch on HBO Max, and uh, I teased the audience by telling them it had to do with the TV show from Mark Childhood. Again, I'll just preface my childhood. <laughs> Although it was around for all of her childhoods. Yes. It's about Sesame Street. So this is a documentary. If you want to dip into more nostalgia, this is the documentary that I recommend over the Beanie Mania documentary. It is called Street Gang, How We Got to Sesame Street. And it's the story of Sesame Street and how the show was made and how revolutionary it was at the time. Uh, The creativity that went into it. Nothing had been on television like it when it debuted in 1969. And the efforts of all the individuals involved in this, of course, Jim Henson, Frank Oz, uh, the television executives that were behind the scenes trying to get this through and how it was funded. It really just highlights and will remind you on what a special program Sesame Street is. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm fascinated by this one as well. So I'm going to add both of these to the list. Again, you've gotten two great recommendations. If you have HBO Max from Holly Roberts about Beanie Babies, Beanie Babies, Beanie Baby, Beanie Baby, I love my Beanie Baby, Beanie Baby, and Sesame Street. Now, speaking of HBO Max and streaming services writ large, Holly has a question for us. For the next segment, and Holly, what is that question we're asking our audience? It's very simple. What's your favorite streaming service? What is it? 
What tops them all? You know my answer. It's HBO Max. But we want to know your answers. Absolutely. So call us with your favorite streaming service at 651-641-1071. And we'll chat about it on the other side of this right here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071.